0: Hi, it'm my husband Paul. It's the stick of Marty Barney McSorley.
1: Welcome to Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast with your host, Scott Kinville. Let's hop on that Zamboni time machine and go back in time to look at hockey's glorious history.
2: And what's up, hockey fans? And we are finally back with Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast, right here on the Sports History Network. You know, it's been a couple of weeks, Ed. We've uh, we both been dealing with some sickness. So, yeah,
0: COVID we, kicked this, my
2: ass. Oh yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. But uh, me too. I, I tell you, I still got not feeling right. But you know what? We're over. We're we're testing. We're good, and that's it. And no, no more to talk about that.
0: Speaking anyway, of health, I'm liking the days off.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, since we've been taking this little uh, sabbatical, if you will, there's been some changes. Uh, the Sports History Network is now partnered up with Homefield Apparel.
1: I don't uh, really? know if you noticed
2: when I came on. I got this uh, this super cool shirt I'm wearing here. It's my old Colgate Raiders shirt. Uh, wow. What Homefield Apparel does is they specialize in, in vintage college apparel. And uh, I tell you, this is such a comfortable shirt, man. You, you wouldn't believe how comfortable this is. I could wear it every day.
0: Hey, Homefield, three X,
2: toss them my way. There you go. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, if you do want to order your own Home Field Apparel shirt, uh, it's real easy. You just go to homefieldapparel.com, uh, enter in the promo code History, and you can get 15% off your order. 15? 15%. Yeah. Damn,
0: that's, that's, a good, that's a good chunk.
2: Yeah, so that's, uh, definitely check it out. If, if, you, uh, if you're into college apparel, especially vintage college apparel, check oh, it yeah. out. Oh, yeah. All right. So anyways, pal, we're back. We are back and ready to go. So last time we talked about the uh, the all-time Hartford Whaler Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. And uh, I noticed you have your Carolina Hurricanes jersey on for the occasion. Yeah, it's the only one, clean sure thing I late. Not. But
0: that's it's all only, right. It's the only clean thing I got right now.
2: <laughs> so anyways, what we're going to do is we're going to talk, we're going to continue on with that WHA theme. Because... I'm going to tell you something. I mean, I know a lot of people refer to the original six as the golden era of hockey. Yeah. But for me, you know what? Maybe it's just because of when I grew up. I always tended to think of the, the golden age for me is when those four WHA teams came into the league in 1979. And that whole era of the 80s, right up until, you know, when they went through the multiple expansions in the mid 90s into the 2000s and all
0: that. But like that 15 year window for me was just glorious. Yeah, I I honestly to me that golden era starts at like 1967 when they started really expanding the league with yeah. WHA the introduction of the WHA teams the the Oilers, the the Nordiques, the the Whalers and uh, the Jets. That was like that was the the pinnacle of hockey. That was the those were the best years.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, and you know what? You you actually have a great point with the the so-called second six in 1967 when those teams came in. You're right. I just wasn't alive. <laughs> so, for me, having just what personally I've, I've witnessed, like I said, the 80s into the 90s was such a fantastic time for hockey. So, today, we are going to talk about the all-time Quebec Nordiques and Colorado Avalanche team. Yes. So, you know, we had talked about this a little bit before. We were like, well, should we include the Nordiques or we just do the Avalanche? What do we want to do? And you know what? You're right. The, the Nordiques and the Avalanche are just, they're, they're, one,
0: they're interchangeable. They they really are, and you, you you're going to find out that there's a lot of a lot of the the greatest players on one were also a part of the other. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Is, yeah. So like, you really can't have the the Colorado Avalanche, especially those those championship years, without the Nordiques. No. No.
2: You 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 know what? You're right because, and honestly, I always felt so bad for the fans in Quebec City. I really did because. You know, here they, they did. They suffered through some terrible years up there. Yeah. The team just couldn't get out of its own way. They were so loyal and they were so faithful to them. And then they finally started turning it around, like, into the early 90s. And then God. they moved to Quebec. I mean, they moved to Denver
0: to become the Colorado Avalanche, and they win the Cup that season. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny how that works, too, because, like, would, have, would Quebec have won the Cup that year? I think so. Who did they play in the Finals? They played the Florida they Panthers. Played the, Okay, yeah. Then they probably would have ended up winning the Cup. But that second year, that second Cup against New Jersey, they, wouldn't have, they would not have won that second Cup if they were still in Quebec. They would not. They you don't think so? No. No. Really? That, that New Jersey team, that what was it, 0-1? Oh, that one New Jersey team was so good. Yeah, but why would it have made Man. a difference if they were in Colorado or Quebec? Because they would have had to have played them in the uh Eastern Conference right. Finals. Right. And All then right. they would have if they even if they got out of there, even if they made it to the finals, they would have been dog tired for the finals.
2: Okay. That's that's valid. I you know what I had to think about that for a second, but you're right. I mean they did it, they ended up switching conferences and everything. I thought maybe you were gonna tell me something about, you know Oh, Patrick Watt or something like that. Oh. To which point I always said that I, you know what, even if they stayed in Quebec, Patrick Waugh would have gone to the Nordiques in a heartbeat just to get back at the Canadians. Oh, in a heartbeat. Easily. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and honestly, I'm here for that. I I would yeah, right? I would love to see another Montreal another team in uh Quebec show up just so the Canadians just have to deal with Patrick Wall having to be a part of that team.
2: Yeah, right. Could you imagine that? Oh could you imagine the team some team moves to Quebec or somehow they have another expansion? You know, Patrick Waugh becomes general manager or something like that. That'd well, be insane. Th- th-
0: there's obviously talks like there's, there's been talks in the NHL and they, they, these are all just the rumors I've heard. Um, You know, Arizona, because they switched divisions, they're now in the central division. Mm-hmm. That's kind of making way for their easy move to either mm-hmm. Houston, Kansas city, uh, or even go to Quebec and move Detroit back to the central. Right, right. Because,
2: you know, I'll tell you, not to get too sidetracked. (laughs) And I know Detroit geographically is an
0: Eastern team, but I've always thought of the Detroit Red Wings a Western Western my whole life. You know? Western my whole life. And plus, like, let's face it, I miss miss that 90s rivalry, that Detroit Colorado, that Detroit Chicago. I mean, Detroit St. Louis. Detroit St. Louis, uh, Detroit Vancouver. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it, and then always, like, the NHL, this is how messed up it used to be. It was, like, Toronto at one point in my lifetime was in the Western Conference. Yeah, right. Well, I like, think they, they were always in the Western Conference for me, and I'm 48 years old. I mean, it's, it, it's weird because, like, it's five hours away from, from us. Right. It's five hours away from us, and it's in the Western Conference. Yeah. I mean, they're like, really, they're in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. But you just think of them as a Western team. Insanity. Yeah, no. I've always thought of them as an Eastern team. I mean, I grew up with the Bruins. the The heart of my life so far has been Bruins, Maple Leafs rivalry, Bruins Canadians rivalry. So like, it's it's been good. Yeah, yeah. I like but, them where they are. But yeah, I I would
2: imagine. But you know what? I would just still love to see that that whole Norris Division get revitalized. Yeah,
0: I, I think they need to go back to the old names. Oh yeah. Oh, I agree. Adams, I'm Norris, totally agree. Campbell, <laughs> the Smythe, the yeah. Smythe they Patrick need to go division. back to,
1: yeah
0: They need to go I mean, back to
2: that it was great but yeah
0: because like what do they got nfc east and football or the right. east and baseball But let's get rid of the east and metropolitan let's go back to naming them after old guys
2: yeah right exactly like, i that's totally how,
0: agree the vesna division like yeah revamp it a little bit okay yeah. sure. how do go go with the how division the Lindsay division the gretzky division or whatever you want that'd to be call awesome it. yeah
2: the or division that'd be great yeah that would be great. You know what? Hopefully, Gary Bettman will listen to this someday. Gary
0: Bettman is the most bland person. If if <laughs> Gary if Gary Bettman was a sex position, he'd be missionary. Jeez. <laughs> okay, I, you know
2: what? I, I, I we're gonna stop that because I'll never be able to unsee that again in my entire life. <laughs> Gary That's Bettman enough.
0: looks like he's raising <laughs> brands dry. Okay. Yes. Exactly. The guy looks like a bowl of oatmeal. Get, oh. get a new face as the commissioner of the league. I've seen <laughs> s- every sport has had a change of commissioner in my lifetime. Baseball's had a couple. Basketball's had a couple. Football's had at least one. Where's hockey? Why do I yeah. have to deal with Gary Bettman? Why can't he just, just retire? Retire. You know what? You don't you enough I Go retire. I vote for you to be the next commissioner of the NHL. Listen, I would be the worst commissioner of the NHL. <laughs> Oh boy! I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would just, I wouldn't. There would be the players would have all the rights. The owners would hate me. <laughs> yeah,
2: you'd be fired within two weeks. I'd look That's at
0: that. Jeremy Jacobs and tell him to eat my shorts.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh. well, you know what? We can always dream, right? Yeah. Anyways, I... why don't we get back to the matter at hand here? Because we were talking about the uh, the Avalanche and the Nordiques, and yes. you know how this best of the best series works. I mean, if you've been watching Marty's Legal Stick, you know it by now. Our Best of the Best series is we rank these players by all-star teams. You know how they do, like, the first-team all-star, second-team all-star. We do honorable mentions. We include coaches. We don't screw around here at Marty's Legal Stick. Yep. So, without further ado, you, the listener, are going to hear mine and Ed's all-time Colorado Avalanche, Quebec Nordiques teams, and we are going to start with the honorable mentions – Ed, go ahead and lead us off. Okay. My first honorable mention, and I know he doesn't meet your criteria. Well, but... I did. You know, I did kind of forget to mention it because it's been a while. Yeah. yeah I, I prefer at least three seasons. Three seasons. Well, he doesn't meet your criteria, but Ray Bork. Okay. Well, I mean, he did win a couple of them. So... His numbers retired. And I knew you were going to say that. So... His numbers
0: retired. Yeah, well, his is. Number, yeah, his number's retired with Colorado. Like, wh- what better player to have play two seasons for a team right off into the sunset with his first Stanley Cup, and just get his number retired immediately after, for only yeah. being there for what less than two, less than one hundred and fifty games, right? Right. You know. Um, but other than that, like Ray Bork, um, this guy here is going to be changing within the next 5 to 10 years. Nathan McKinnon. He's okay. only an honorable mention right now, but he's yep. oh, that's...
2: he's going to be he's going to be changing. A lot he's, of great he's... centers in this franchise history. Well, he's a winger, isn't he? Well, he's actually considered a center cuz he's normally centers up the uh the Landeskog McKinnon uh, Ratten line. But he all right, hey, we got hi. a second co-host. Hi, look at
1: this. Yes.
0: I'm on the TV. We're live, too. Oh, yeah. hi. Everybody. Julie, you
2: are all over the internet now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll hear about it later. See, you know what?
0: Hey, you got to be careful when you're photobombing people. Yep. <laughs> yep. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. <laughs> um so yes Nathan McKinnon right now is okay. just an honorable mention but future is going to show that he is going to be on a team at one of these top 2 in the future. Okay. Um next one I have is Dan Hino. Ooh, interesting. Dan Hino, just a solid player all around. Um somebody who like stood out in my childhood. Yeah. Always like somebody who I always tried to model my game after always in the right place at the right time, knew how to play hockey properly. Just somebody who really like molded me as a player growing up. Um, you know, he was always one of those solid bottom six players that could slot into the top six if need be, you know, injuries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, he just, he, he was, and this is back in the day where check, they had like checking line and things like that. He was right. just perfect for that checking line. Sure. Sure. Um, My next one is Chris Drury. Okay. Um, won his only cup with Colorado, uh, Sockit Rangers, and he, <laughs> and he, he just overall like it, it was the start of his great career. I mean, he future captain of the Sabers, uh, GM of the Rangers, and I think he was the captain of the Rangers for a minute, wasn't he? I briefly, I believe, yeah, yeah, like towards the, the end of his uh, playing career, right. But it, it doesn't start; he doesn't get to that level without starting in Colorado under Mark Crawford. Okay. Um, next one I have is Chris Dingman. Just another player who I I grew up idolizing. Just Man, to... I
2: tell you, you you are reaching, my friend.
0: I'm not. I'm not. Just a player <laughs> that I actually really like. I actually really like Chris Dingman because, like, he's just a hard-nosed guy. Yeah, sure. Um, Darcy Kemper for okay. right now. Um, I mean – I think he only had, what, one season with the team? Yeah, he won the Cup, but, though. But cups talk. Okay. Uh, next one, who's also going to be changing soon in the next five to ten years, Devon Taves. Mm-hmm. Solid D. He's Solid going to be. He's going to be moving up this list soon. Yeah. Next one, and I, I don't really see him going much, having much more of a career after this, but Eric Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I had him on my honorable mentions, too. I think um, Eric Johnson is a solid player. I mean, it, it sucks that he was – he's going to be considered a quote-unquote draft bust, but he's not. He's a really not good Not really. Player. You know why he's going to be considered a draft bust? Because he went number one overall. Exactly, exactly. Had he gone in just, like,
2: the first round? Nobody would even be talking
0: like that. Yeah, we wouldn't even be talking about him like that. And honestly, like, he's going to be considered a draft bust. He's going to be put on the same – on the same – Page is uh, nail Yakupov? No way. No. No way. No. Yeah, You're <laughs> going to give him the same title as Yakupov? No. He's not a bust. He just okay. happened to be the best of the worst draft. Right. And then my last one is Scott Parker, because okay. every team needs a tough guy. Okay. And my honorable mention coach is um, Patrick Wap. Very interesting. Very interesting. Colorado has always been a tough team. Yeah. Like a physically tough team. So I I try to inject a little bit of toughness into it. Yeah. that's a, they. You know what? They always have been. And it's funny because
2: it, it's like I told you, I got Eric Johnson on my list too. And I always kind of felt bad for Eric Johnson because there are players that are great players that played for Colorado, but they suffered through some horrible years just like, the, you know, the Quebec teams did. Yeah. Eric Johnson happens to be one of them. Yeah. You know, everybody now knows that Colorado is you know, Wagon of a powerhouse, oh yeah, but you know it's, it it kind of gets forgotten that you know not even four or five years ago you know they were they were the bottom of the league, yeah, so I mean they've done a tremendous job of turning things around um I've got you know what this franchise believe it nice. or not,
0: <laughs> she hunched back at Notre Dame past the camera, <laughs> just straight quasi moto, I love it. <laughs> Oh man,
2: you know, but the, this franchise has been around for forty three years, yeah, which is hard to believe, and that's and that is just NHL time. That's not counting the WHA time, which we don't count the WHA stats for this because you're just opening up a can of worms that you know who wants to get into that. But yeah. anyways, I'll I'll just run down mine because I I get carried away with this honorable mention stuff, so yeah. <laughs> because I'm I'm so I'm just so anal about breaking down by positions, yeah. so my two centers are Nate McKinnon and Peter Forsberg.
0: Ooh,
2: Peter Forsberg, and you'll no. see why later on. If there is one thing that this franchise has always had, it's a lot of great centers. Yeah, so they're very deep at center. So
0: I know it's hard to imagine Peter Forsberg being an honorable mention, but you'll see why in a little bit. You know, actually, I did forget one person on my uh, honorable mentions list, and that's Peter Stasny. There you go.
2: Well, see now, Actually, it's I hard for me to it. imagine Peter Stasny being an honorable mention. So, cups. There talk. you go. There you go. Well, yeah, they go you know, cups talk, but well, well, we'll argue about this in just a little bit.
0: Yeah, we'll argue about we'll, it. We'll,
2: we'll argue like about this. this. We'll argue. about All like right. That. Uh, <laughs> my left wings are Anton Stasny, Now that you mentioned the Stasny's, and Alex Tangay. Yes, I can... Alex Tangay was a he was a key part a lot those those cup wins in the early two thousands. But, again, depth is depth, and yeah. we will see that there have been actually quite a, quite a few fantastic left wings that have come out of the, the Colorado avalanche to pull back to North So D. many.
0: Yeah. Just an offensive wagon year after year. Like, even their bad players are good. Like, look at Matthew Shane. Like, he's a great yeah. player, but, like, he can't get his head out of his ass. Well, you know what? You can
2: actually throw Val Kaminsky. Into that pile, too, for left yeah. wings. Yeah, yeah. you know, my right wings, you're, and you're gonna, your head's probably gonna explode when I say this. Miko Ratnan is on an honorable mention right now. Now he's gonna move up, like you were just saying earlier. Yes. But for me, right now, that, that ceiling is still there. Oh, that's the ceilings, cool. he
0: hasn't even touched it yet.
2: That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So, but when he's all said and done, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be in the, in the top two teams. I oh, didn't even right know.
0: Either. Like, there are some players on this team, on this current Colorado team, I didn't even want to put on the honorable mentions list because it was such a layup, like Miko Ratnan. Right. right. Like, to me, he is an honorable mention, but, like, we all know that. We all right. know where he's going to be if he stays healthy. You know,
2: there was a couple other right wings, too. There was uh, Adam Deadmarsh. Ooh. Always loved Adam Deadmarsh. Ooh, I
0: forgot about Adam
2: Deadmarsh. Yeah, yeah. Another, yeah. another one of those just great player, great international player for Team USA, too. Yeah. Uh let's see. Real clôtier. Had a lot of big WHA stats, but he still produced when they first came into the NHL into the early 80s. Yes. Uh, however, it's kind of hard to differentiate his WHA stats with his NHL stats, so I said out you're an honorable mention. Yeah. You know. Uh, again, we share Eric Johnson as a D. Uh my goaltender was Dan Bouchard. <laughs> Because, you know what, when I was going through the stats for this franchise, the goaltending is not good at all. Yes, yes, you have one. For the most part. So I'm like, oh, if I got to throw a dart here. I guess it's gonna be him.
0: You, you could have really put Philip Grubauer. You could have put yeah. That's what Dar- I mean. It, like to me, Darcy Kemper because he got the cup. But like, right,
2: even though he was only there one season, one season. You know, you know, one- you know I'm going to hound you about that. But yeah,
0: I, I mean, when when I'm right, I'm right. I mean, he, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this camera. Uh, and then, of course,
2: I couldn't decide on my coaches, so I just went with Michelle Bergeron and Mark Crawford.
0: Okay, well, we'll we'll, talk, see about, why we'll, later we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk later. All
2: right, well, let's move on. Let's go to the second team. This is our second all-time team for the Colorado
0: Avalanche. Okay.
2: So we'll how do go you want for to do? it?
0: Okay, my left wing is Alex Tangay. Okay. I, I just think overall just one of the more solid left wingers in the game. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. You know, again uh, – you, you said it yourself. Somebody who could be bottom six, and you can just slide him right up in top six, no issue. You know the thing with Alex taking was he got
2: overshadowed a lot by all the he, star power that those, yeah. those Colorado teams in the two thousands had. Oh yeah. You know if he was playing on a if he was playing on another team, he would have probably been you know first team all star, first line, first line you know, center, first line yeah the worst.
0: all star game. He would have been the star. Like sure. if he was if he was in the Islanders at that point, like he he probably would have been the best player in the Islanders. Right, well, I'll so, give you. You want to just go back and forth? I'll give you my yep, left wing. We give you me your left wing.
2: My left wing is Gabe Landeskog. Okay, Gabe Landeskog cannot take away his contributions at all. I mean, he's been incredible. I disagree. Uh, he's he He's got seven hundred thirty-eight games for the franchise. I disagree
0: well, with where you placed him. You do, huh? I well, do. <laughs> well,
2: I'll give you his stats real quick. He's got two hundred forty-eight goals, three hundred twenty-three assists for five hundred seventy-one points. He's been the captain for what five, six years now. Wait, like I think that. seven, so, eight. I was gonna say, got him even, maybe even more than that. Yeah. Uh, the leadership qualities are unbelievable with this guy. Um, so he definitely slots in as my second second line.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're wrong. Um, oh. <laughs> was, so? I'm gonna. I'll just go with my center, so we can get more correct words on the. Okay, being go spoken. My center is Peter Forsberg. Okay. Okay. Well, mine is Peter Stastny. See, again, wrong. Right first name, you were almost there. You got halfway there, Scott. I'll tell you why. I'll
2: tell you why. Peter Stasty had such an impact on the game because people forget when he defected in 1980, that was – he was actually putting his life on the line. Oh, right yeah. Over here. And the, the amount of pressure that was on this guy was unbelievable. And did he produce? Oh, you bet he did. Oh, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for, for the Gretzkys and the Eisenmans of the world, he would have been a away with the Art Ross Trophy in the early eight year after year, year after, yeah, yeah. Right? I agree. he, he total he he played seven hundred thirty seven games for the Nordiques. Uh, six hundred. Uh, I'm looking at okay, three hundred eighty goals, six hundred sixty eight assists. Yeah,
0: over uh, thousand that, 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 points. That's nothing to That's nothing to. It's nothing to scoff at, but no. unfortunately. I think when you put skill and skill, Peter Stasny, Peter Forsberg next to each other, they kind of even out, right? Uh, yeah, That's, but you know what pushed it over the edge for me for Stasny?
2: Joe Sackick. Because Peter Forsberg had Joe Sackick there, right? It was a great one-two punch. But when you're playing those Colorado teams that have got Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg, who are you going to put your best centers on? I'll tell you what, right now, a lot of times they were going to obviously be with Sackick. So that's not to take anything away from Peter Forsberg because he's a phenomenal player. But all I'm saying is that Peter or Peter Stasny did not have a
0: Joe Sackick around to take some of the pressure off. No, he didn't. But that's what he, I'm saying. I, I feel like he did also have other um... – other aspects to keep the pressure off, you know, maybe Ronnie, lack Hextall. of 80s defense, maybe lack of 80s defense. He had Ron <laughs> Hextall to throw the punches, um, he had the hunters to protect him.
2: Oof. Oh boy, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, I don't, I wasn't born yet, but uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, but yeah. I, like I, I've, I've seen the videos, <laughs> <laughs> the old Don Cherry Rockham soccer, yeah, page. yeah, exactly. All right, give me your right wing. My right wing, and this one's going to be a controversial take: Claude Lemieux.
2: Yeah, I can I can understand that. I the, I wrestled back and forth with Claude Lemieux on this.
0: I think Claude Lemieux he goes he he gets a, obviously he gets the bad rap for a reason, right? He he, he plays on the edge. He he, tip-toe, he he doesn't tiptoe the line of dirty and clean. He is over the line on the dirty side, but. He, he he was a great leader. If you hear young players talk about Claude Lemieux, they, they all say he was hardened, but he was a good – he's like the dad of the team. Right, right. And it's like he, he, he demands discipline and respect to the senior players who have been there and done that and taught these young kids how to be pros. So when you put a young player like Chris Drury on the same team as Claude Lemieux – you got to think that shaped him a little bit
2: right right i you know what i like i said hard to disagree with that um i don't know for me obviously claude lemieux had a lot to do with the cup i mean there's there's you you're you're right about that too cups do talk um i don't know just it for me yeah of course you always think of claude lemieux as an avalanche because of the the Red Wings, but you also think of him as a New Jersey Devil.
0: As a Devil. You know, there's, there's
2: all that. So I went with Matt Duchesne. And I know uh, you're, you're, you're going to laugh, but Matt uh, Duchesne as for and, you know, as bad as his attitude got towards the end, especially. And boy, did he pay the price for that because as soon as they traded him, is when it started pulling out of the tailspin.
0: His best uh, choice for Colorado.
2: But he still had 178 goals and 250 assists for 428 points with him. In, uh, what was it, 580 games. So, yeah. and again, I take it into the context of the teams that he was playing on at the time. So he was the star on a team that was really struggling. So yeah. that's, there's, there's got to be something to be said for that. But you know what? It, like, it, you do have a point when you say with the cups and all that. So yeah.
0: how about our defense? Who you got on D? Okay, and this is also – my first one is going to be very much subject to change. He's going to be moving up very soon, probably in the next two to three years. Kel McCarr. Okay, I I can
2: understand that, and I left Kel McCarr completely off my list just because he's played, what, two
0: seasons? Four.
2: He's been there four already?
0: Yeah. Doesn't seem it. Yeah, I feel like he's been – I think he's been there four years. Uh, I don't know, but – I'll YouTube this, right? I'll Google this right now. <laughs> I'll Google. It. This this almost feels like a courtroom. I'll I'll Google this.
2: Your Honor, I'd like to I'd like to submit exhibit A. My YouTube video of Kal Makar. <laughs> Four years, twenty eighteen nineteen. Oh. Huh. Well, well he's been there a while then. I thought yeah. he was I thought he had been there shorter than that.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. All right. I mean I could be convinced on that one. So Kel McCarr, and he's obviously, to me, subject to change. He will be moving up the list, I would say, in the next couple of years. Um, and my next one is Sandus Oselinch. Yeah, you know what? That's who I got. Wow,
2: we agree on something. That's who I got is one of my – yeah. Yeah, I like – I you know what? I mean, I left I left McCarr out because I didn't think he was there that long. But Sandis
0: Oselinch – you know what? He's got a cool name. Oh, I love his name. <laughs> Just a hockey name all around. I know, right? but you're right i mean you know what for
2: in his time he was one of the premier offensive defensemen in the game yeah i mean he and he you know what i mean he's one of those guys sometimes i think of him as a shark yes but he he did a lot of his damage when he was with the avalanche he did play 333 games for him and he had 253 points
0: yeah oh he was really good I, so, honestly, like to me, one of the best offensive defensemen of his era. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, you had players like Ray Bork there, um, and Ray Bork in the league, and uh, I really can't think of another offensive defenseman from the late '90s besides Nick Lindstrom, Ray Bork. That's I can,
2: all. I can, because he, he, he's because we agree on Oszlansh, and yeah. my second D is Rob Blake. Rob Blake gets forgotten about.
0: No, uh, not not for me. So hey, he's somewhere else. Really? Yeah. Ooh,
2: very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I, you know what? Similar stats to Odenick. <coughs> uh, and your your dog agrees <coughs> with too.
0: One second, Scott.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's for sure. Rob Blake, uh, the leadership alone too. I mean, he was a tremendous leader on those teams. I'm here. Okay, all I'm right. here. So, all right. Well, it looks like uh, well, we're we're sort of starting to agree. This is kind of scary. So, uh, don't worry, let's, it's gonna stop. Let's start soon. arguing about a goaltender.
0: Yes. Uh, again, like you said before, goaltending not the greatest in uh, Colorado history. No, I mean, you got you got one guy, and then the rest is kind of yeah, like you know,
2: yeah,
0: kind of flip floppy. But I'm gonna put I put David Abisher. Okay. I, I liked David Abisher. I thought he was a good goaltender. In his uh in his career and Colorado. I mean, he just played there, so I I had to slide him somewhere. Yeah. I had to no, slide him. Honestly, I kind of forgot about him. I, I, I really see. like you you put a gun to my head, I can't think of five Colorado goalies. Well, I went with Semyon Valarmov. See, to me, I don't think he was there long enough. And he
2: was there five or six seasons. Was
0: he there five or six yeah. seasons?
2: Yeah. So I, don't I mean think
0: he's been there that long.
2: And, and again, he was another one of those guys that played. He was a great goaltender who played on some some really subpar teams, really bad. But he teams. but he kept them in a lot of games. So, yeah, he did.
0: He I'll you give know? you that. I think i I I definitely overlooked Simeon Barlamov. But like like we said earlier, goaltending is just
2: yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> listen, there's not much to argue about here. So it's no, a... <laughs> no, it's there's it, 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 you you could have said. You could have put Ron Hextall there for his Nordiques days, yeah. and I would have been like, Yeah, like, yeah, sure. he was Why there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> uh, how about your coach? My coach is, um, the I, forget, I can't pronounce his name. He's the current coach, Jared Bednar. Jared Bednar. I knew his first name was Jared. I couldn't pronounce his last name. Yep. To Bed- uh, me, just, bedrock. Yeah. Like the Flintstones. You <laughs> old, old guy. <laughs> 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 but uh, cups talk. I mean, again, co- coaching in Colorado history also kind of a subpar thing to talk about. Um, Patrick Wah was non-existent. Um, really, who else? Uh, Peter Laviolette, I think, was there for a little bit, um, just very not briefly. I think. Very briefly, just not great. Just not great coaching. No,
2: that's You know what? I actually had Bob Hartley. So, Bob okay. Hartley's got the most uh, career games as a Colorado coach in the playoffs. Oh. And he did win the Jack Adams Award. So, did he? yes, yes, he did. So, it, it's kind of hard to ignore that. <laughs> um, but you're right about Bednar. He's been fantastic. Yeah. And we're going to hear this name again, too. So, I see, I got somebody else as my other coach. All right. Well, I'll tell you what then. Without further ado, why don't we move on to our first team then? Yes. Why don't we do that? All right. And let's so, start with the coach this time. Because since we're start... talking about coaches, I want to hear who yours is. Mark Crawford.
0: Mark Crawford. Huh? Hey, let him to their first cup. Yep. Mark Crawford, a solid coach. Um, had a bit of a controversial style of coaching, you know, known to yeah. kick his players and things yeah, like he, that. Yeah, he definitely. But he, uh, but he also had a, a substance abuse issue and – um you know, got over that and cleaned himself up. And once he really figured it out, he got his his act together. You notice his personality changed. He became a better coach, was better towards his players. Just overall, like a a good story and a great coach. And I think he deserves another shot in the NHL if he wants it. Okay. Well, that's, you know what? You're right. I mean, he did clean himself
2: up. There's no doubt about it um learn how to calm down a little bit with players because that was you know and and you know it's funny we were just talking about this the other night uh, on the other show that I do 315 hockey live and just how much it's changed now from you know back then it was the coach was like the iron-fisted ruler yeah. right and you'll do this just because I told you to do this and if you yeah. don't you know there's going to be consequences whereas now you know players are much more inquisitive they want to know why they're doing stuff and they want to know why the, you know, what is this drill teaching us? That kind of thing. So, and, on, and that's not a bad thing. That's not and, a bad thing at all. Cause I think it creates, you know, it, it creates more hockey IQ. Yes. So
0: yes.
2: rather than just don't do as I say, and that's it. Yes, It's great to actually know why you're doing something. Cause then you can sit there and you can
0: think about it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like it, to me, like coaching is such a vital aspect of the game, you know, it, it, even though we're talking about professionals here and they know how to, <laughs> each one of them know how to play hockey, you know, it's the, it's the way they put, put together schemes. They put plays together. They quarterback a power play. I mean, that's really what the coach is supposed to do. And it, when when you have a coach that's ruling with an iron fist, I don't know. We'll talk. We'll say Alain Vigneault, uh, um, right. You know the the biggest idiot the game has ever seen. <laughs> he, he there's a reason why his teams are successful for one year and then absolute crap the next seven. Yeah. well he burns them out. He burns them out. And you know Mark Crawford has learned his lesson, and I think Jared Bednar is. Is going to be a great coach because he's actually more into the education of this is why we're doing this more than do what I say or be benched.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you're right, and, and I just like I said, it's it's a whole new era, and yeah. and again, it's not a bad thing for the players to understand why why the coach is doing what they are. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I'll tell you what, mine I went with Jared Bednar. I respect that. He's been there since 2016. He's got the most games coached as a Colorado Avalanche coach now. Oh, does he really? In the regular season. Yeah, he does. Wow. And if you think about it for a second, he came aboard. Like, you know, we were just talking about this. Like, five years ago, that team was in the toilet. Oh, they were a dumpster fire. But you know what? Credit management, credit Joe Sackett for sticking with him and saying, no, we know we got a problem here. It's not the coach. We're going to fix this. And sure enough, he's stuck with them, and and now look, yeah, I agree. So, for a coach to be able to survive the, being those, in those lean years like that, and stick with the team, because especially in, in now in, in today's you know world, it's we yeah. want results now, and if yeah. you don't, you're gone. Yeah, right. You know the the days of the old school coaches sticking around for you know fifteen twenty years just on their name is over. Yeah, you got to improve it losses. every single year. Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: that's over. That's over. Honestly, like it's the the problem with Colorado lying in their locker room, did not lie with the coaching. And Joe Sackett figured it out. I think he. If we if we throw a GM on this list, I think Joe Sakic's the greatest GM. Oh
2: yeah. Oh no doubt. No no. That's that's not even a question. Oh yeah, not even a question. I've always, you know what, I've always just, I've always loved Joe Sackett. Oh, how do you not like Joe Sackett?
0: Top, top five of my favorite players of all time. I don't know where Absolutely. he is, but he's in there.
2: Absolutely. It's so awesome. All right. So, anyways, why don't we scroll down to, let's go with our defense. Okay. Let's
0: do our Ds. My D is Adam Fo. Oh, yeah. And, and Rob Blake. Okay. Uh just two solid defensemen, big guys. You're not moving them from in front of the you're they're moving you from in front of the net with ease and they're putting the puck in the back of yours. Yeah. Like just yes. overall just two solid defensemen Adam Foote foot with the team forever. Um Rob Blake, I think he didn't he get a second cup or didn't he get another yes. cup with Los Angeles?
2: Not with LA. He was he was on the management
0: team like Yeah, him. so okay. he was on the yeah, so the the guy just knows hockey.
2: Oh no doubt. No doubt about it. And those are great choices because I obviously went with Adam Foote because when I think of Colorado Avalanche or Quebec Nordiques defenseman, the first name that pops into my head is Adam Foote. Yeah. There's no th- – it's not even a question. And I wanted to put Rob Blake on, the, on that first line. I did. Because, I mean, I'll admit, you know, you know me, I'm a Kings fan. So, yeah. obviously, I'm a Rob Blake fan. But with Rob Blake, I think of him as an LA King. I think of him as a Colorado Avalanche. I try to forget the time that he went to San Jose. Yeah. Really made that was days. weird. Angry. Oh that was God. weird. Yeah, it was. Very weird. Um, and you're going to laugh at mine because, like I said, we agree on foot. Do you know who the all-time leading scorer amongst defensemen for the Colorado Avalanche Quebec Nordiques franchise is? No. You're going to laugh. It's Tyson Berry.
0: Is it Really?
2: It's Tyson Berry, and it's really it's it's crazy. He's got 75 goals, 232 assists for 307 points as a Colorado Avalanche. Oh God, he that's just, 484 games for him. That's just so just based on that alone, and just because, like I said, I I, I think of Rob Blake as, as as an LA King more or less than anything else. I went with Tyson Berry. I couldn't believe it when I looked at that. I'm like, there's no way that's not possible.
0: That, I mean. The, the guy makes his living now passing the puck to McDavid and collecting second assists. And he, you know, but now he's hurt all the time, too. Yeah, he's hurt all the time, you and know? he still gets second assists, and the guy's just going to be a Hall of Famer just on who he could pass the puck to. Yeah, but you know what, though, when like, McDavid and
2: Dreisaitl and all those guys, one of the board stanchions can get a secondary assist, okay? I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, you can get a secondary assist. I know. Well, let's I get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to know who your number one all time left wing for the Colorado Avalanche, Quebec Nordique franchise is. Gabriel Landeskog. There it is.
0: Wow. Oh. I think Gabe, right, okay. right with Gabe. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a great leader. Um, I mean, he he's one of those players that puts the team on his back. Um, and he he gets help with it. Like he makes his he makes his teammates want to run through a wall for him. So it, it's hard to deny the. The aspect that Gabriel Landeskog's a great leader uh, puts point. Put, he could just he scores it well. Um, the, the guy's just overall great, and I mean he's going to be a Colorado Avalanche till he retires.
2: Well, yeah, he's not with that contract. They're with that contract, yeah,
0: no other team's going <laughs> to. There's even no if treat like... him, Even if they want <laughs> to trade him, they can't.
2: I haven't. <laughs> so for mine, I went all the way back to the Quebec days. Okay. And I went with Michel Goulet, Ooh. who, to me, was one of the most underrated goal scorers of the 80s era. Now, I understand that a lot of goals were scored then. Yes. But Michel Goulet, during the 80s, was an animal. He had, I think it was like six straight seasons of 40-goal forty, goals, 40 goal seasons. Six straight, he had a couple of 50-goal seasons in there. Um, just a machine as far just as putting the lot. puck in the net. But he was kind of forgotten playing in Quebec because obviously they didn't get a lot of the press that, you yeah, know, had him out with playing in one of the big markets, say like New York or Montreal or Chicago, Detroit, whatever. But his, he played 813 games for the Nordiques, and he scored 456 goals.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. That's and, again, I understand that the 80s were wide open, but still,
1: yeah, you can't I mean, ignore
0: was... 456 goals. No, you don't do that by accident. No, not at all. I respect that. I respect that choice. Yeah, I mean, so, and he's in the Hall of Fame, so,
2: you know what? He got there for a reason. Exactly. Got to go with him. Um, I think our center choice is pretty obvious. I think so, too. I, I, I don't think that either one of us, even in our worst day, would ever not pick Joe Sackick.
0: Yeah, Joe Sackick. Mr. Sakic. Colorado
2: Avalanche, Mr. Barnaby franchise, Joe. Franchise, you know, just call him the franchise and be done with it. Yeah,
0: he's Barnaby Joe. He's yeah.
2: one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Not a doubt. But we might have a little bit of difference of opinion on the right wing. Milan Heyduk. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's, you know what? He's got the most games played in Colorado Avalanche history. Oh, the guy has stayed there
0: forever. Yeah. He he is Mr. Colorado Avalanche. Like, Joe Sackick, great and all. Milan Heyduk played, like, what? 15 um, years for the Avs? Yeah, he played 1,020 games. Yeah, so
2: just shy of 15 years. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And he's got a really cool name, too. Wicked cool name. Hey, Duke. Wicked cool name. Or as we used to call him when we were younger, Hedge
0: Duck. Hedge Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I think say, it's also safe to say goaltending is the same.
2: Probably. I, I can't imagine neither one of us not picking Patrick Waugh because, you know what, even... <laughs> The, the the dearth of goaltending behind. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. I mean, forget about the cup wins. It, even it's just Patrick Wadge just showing up.
0: Even yeah. Yet. That's it. Yeah. As soon as he landed
2: in Denver the first time, okay, that's it. You're yep. the best goaltender in the franchise history. Yep.
0: <laughs> any dangled Gretzky.
2: Oh, yeah, the wink. <laughs> oh, the wink. Uh, you, you have no idea how mad that made me. Oh, I my God. Like oh, my God, that wink. I'll never forgive him for that 93 final series. Never. Never? Because if it wasn't for Patrick Waugh, the Kings would have won that cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll never convince me otherwise. Never. Well, you know what? That was fun. It was. was, It was fun. And you know what, though? It it makes you realize just uh, there are some franchises that are just really strong down in certain positions. And Mm then others, even if they've been around for almost 50 years, you just look at like, wow. How did yeah. you never develop a, a true number one goalie? Yeah. In almost 50 years, how did you not do it? <laughs> uh, well, if, and if you notice too, you're watching on the YouTube channel, or as, of course, as Ed can see, I'm actually in my garage because as we talked about earlier, um, the COVID monster went around and I really didn't want to infect Dave the save. So uh, I'm going to end up sending this file over to him. Um, so now that we've got our all time teams out of the way, uh, When you listen to this on the audio replay on the podcast, you're going to hear a commercial on this spot. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to do a 2022-23 Colorado Avalanche season.
1: Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, The Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news For the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at com. You'll be like
2: glad you did. So they did win the, the cup. Um, well deserved. It was a, a, a hard-fought series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It really was. Um, the very fact that it was it was all everything that was billed to me. Because that series, that, that Tampa Bay, Colorado series was the billed as the uh the establishment versus the young lions, so to speak. Yes. And it was everything, like I said, everything it was supposed to be, and it was, it was great. However, we're into a new season, and, of course, changes are made in the offseason now that um, Colorado's got to start paying some of these players that have stepped up and, and just given them the world. Um, yes. Kel McCarr got paid. Nate McKinnon got really paid. got paid. Nate McKinnon got
0: paid. Twelve point six million per season. Wow! Yeah, he's um, going to see about six point two percent of that. <laughs> yeah, or six point yeah. two million of that. Freaking Gary Bettman's a joke.
2: Well, you're right. Um, as far as you know, obviously he's not going to see all that twelve point six. But I don't know if you saw it or not. But they're already projecting uh, next year the salary cap's going to go up one million, and then it goes up crazy money. Uh, yeah, because they'll be, pa-
0: be finished when the-, the money kicks in. So yeah, they'll be finished paying that extreme arbitration to just go back to yes. normal arbitration. Or not so, arbitration, escrow.
2: Escrow. And then it goes up $4 million and another $4 million after that. So it's going to be up to like $90 million within Good. a few seasons. So you know what? Contracts like Nick McKinnon's, Cal Cars are going to be easier to absorb. But for the time being, um, the cap crunch cost them their starting goaltender from that cup team, Darcy Kemper. And it also cost them Nazem Kadri.
0: Yes. Who's fantastic for them. So Ed, what do you see for the Colorado Avalanche in this coming season? So it's not what I see from the Colorado Avalanche, more or less than what I see from the rest of the division, right? So I don't see Dallas being great. I don't see Arizona doing anything. Um who else is in that central? You got So you got Nashville? Nashville, yeah. they're the Minnesota been, Wild. Minnesota Minnesota's gonna make the playoffs. Nashville's gonna might squeak in. It's really going to be down <laughs> down between St. Louis and Colorado. So, you don't think Winnipeg's not going to do anything? Uh, I think Winnipeg's going to sell the house. Hmm. Winnipeg's, Winnipeg is a dumpster fire. I think they're finishing last in the league.
2: Right now, they got some problems because they just took their captaincy off of Blake Wheeler.
0: Well, they, there's also been known issues in the locker room now. Um, everyone's requesting a trade or saying they're not resigning. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, uh Blake Wheeler is definitely going to get traded at the deadline. Um, uh, you can only assume that Connor Hellebuck is gone. Um, so Winnipeg's a non-factor. Arizona's a non-factor. Dallas is a non-factor. Nashville. Chicago's playing for Conor Bedard. Yeah, Chicago's playing for Conor Bedard. They're a non-factor. Um, Minnesota, they're going to be teetering. I think they're going to make a playoff spot, but by the skin of their teeth, they're going to be third in the division. Um, it, it's, it's really down to St. Louis and Colorado. And St. Louis has some issues because now – Tarasenko and O'Reilly are up so they're going to have to shed one of them by the trade deadline if they don't get him signed and it's probably going to be Tarasenko so there's that gone so really it's just Colorado's division in my eyes. Now are they going to repeat as cup champs? I doubt it Um, but I see them making a lengthy run maybe to the conference finals. Other than that, it's going to be a good year for Colorado but it's not going to be last year. Okay I um. I don't think that
2: the division title is a lock for them, to be perfectly honest with you. I think St. Louis did a very good job of getting sneaky young. Okay, yes, They were starting to get old, and they actually did a fantastic job of starting to regenerate some talent. Uh, you got Jordan Cairo there, who is fantastic, Robert Thomas. So they're doing a very good job of more or less switching it up on the fly. I don't necessarily believe that they're going to trade either O'Reilly or Terasenko, especially if they're contending. I think they obviously keep them for the playoff run and then worry about that in the offseason. What are we going to do with them? Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, And another team that I think out of that central division that is actually going to be extremely dangerous is Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota has got a lot of good
0: pieces in place. But they also now, got a lot of cap spent on two players that are no longer there. They
2: do, but guess what? They managed to actually put that team together. the they, I mean, obviously, yes, they're they're in a in a cap crunch right now. Of course, they're
0: they're in cap, but up.
2: they've got enough they've got enough talent on the on the ice to actually make some noise. The only thing that makes me worried about Minnesota is they're going to lean on marc Andre Fleury.
0: That's why I'm. That's why I don't think I don't be... know about that because
2: I. You know what I mean? How do you
0: not like the flower? Of course. But he's what, thirty-eight now? He's he's getting up there in age. I think he's a phenomenal goaltender, and I think he's a Hall of Famer, and they give him every accolade in the world. I he, he earned it. But thirty-eight years old, uh his position—it's it, it's it's screaming pulled groin. Yeah, and then what happens, right? And then because... what? Cam Talbot in that? I mean, he's great, but I mean, yeah. I know you got a lot up in the air for Colorado, Matt Dumba. And it's, it's really just, it can be up or down for Colorado. Really. That really just, to me, a confusing. Game.
2: I was going to say, you cut in and out of there for a second, but that's okay. Cause you almost sounded like uh like the eighties video game, <laughs> but I'll tell you with Colorado, um, the loss of Kadri and Kemper is going to hurt, obviously. Uh, they brought Alexander Giorgiev in uh, from the Rangers, who, honestly, that's going to be the wild card right there because I always wondered how he would be as a starter. Um, I think is going to do fine. I think he'll be fine, but is he going to be Stanley Cup playoff fine? That's the question because
0: well, yeah, they,
2: they have Pavel who I and I know Avalanche fans love him. Pavel Franco's. But again, you're talking about two unproven commodities now, really. In in my eyes, as far as the playoffs. Darcy Kemper was really unproven until last year.
0: Yeah, but Darcy Kemper at least had a little bit more of a regular season track record. He did. But like they also had to kind of lean on Pavel Franco's during the playoffs. He did pull out a couple wins uh, uh, when when Kemper was injured. Um, Georgiev, I mean... uh, He's unproven, but he's also a little bit proven. Like he, you know, he's a solid goaltender. Well,
2: you know what the thing with him is—he's one of those guys. He's got to play a lot.
0: Yeah, because
2: being a backup just wasn't for him. No, there are some goaltenders that can play once every six or seven games and be just fine. There are other games. There are other goaltenders, and it's just—it's the way things are. That you know they got to play, you know, three, four, five games in a row, day off, three, four, five games in a row to stay in the rhythm which I think is more or less
0: fits the bill for Georgiev really. and I think he'll see that in Colorado now do I think he's going to get the the Vesna anytime soon no but I think he's going to with the defense in front of him I think he'll do just fine with that defense I think he he'll be a solid goaltender cuz Colorado's a team that relies more on defense and goaltending and that's history's proven that mm-hmm. You know, like Darcy Kemper, like, yeah, he had a track record in the regular season, but let's face it, the track record in the regular season was with Arizona, the team that's done nothing and has done nothing for him. He goes to Colorado and has a solid defense in front of him. Oh, look at that. Saves are being made. I think we'll see that with, with Gorgiev.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to dispute that because, again, it, it's, it, it's very possible because, you know, Gorgiev, when he was actually playing, Played very well for the Rangers. He really yeah. did. Uh, and you mentioned the defense. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you got Cal McCarr in your defense and Devontae's, yeah, that's a- automatically, you know. Um, oh, we lost that, but he'll be back in just a second. Um, <clears throat> but you know, the thing is too, uh, Sammy Girard, Samuel Gerard is still there too. He's been phenomenal for him. Um, and my biggest concern is Bolin byrum or Bolin Byram. I'm trying to spit that out. Sorry, the um,
0: button. That's
2: yeah, all right. Buttons, buttons are bad.
0: It's just, I, I see them, I want to touch them, and then bad things happen. Oh, yeah, boy. I can't imagine.
2: Anyways, uh, yeah, I was just saying that, you know, Sammy Gerrard has been fantastic for him. Oh, Sam Gerrard's
0: phenomenal. Bowen Byram. I
2: mean, the- but you know, the only thing with Bowen Byram, though, is, I mean, for as his, his much potential as he's got, he's already on his, what, his, I think his second concussion.
0: Yeah, there I mean, he's so there's he's... that
2: there's that concern there. Um I think Kadri being gone is actually gonna hurt them more than they think. Oh I think Alex, Alex Newhook's a fantastic center, young center they got, who played a lot of third line minutes for him last year. Um offensively, I think he'll be able to pick the pace up for him. defensively. What Kadri brought and that that lockdown, that that leadership, um ability to get under players skin. It's all it's, the intangibles that he brought. I don't know if that's going to be replaced or not.
0: And Nazim Kadri is uh, one of the, who, he was a hero during this playoffs and I think he'll do great. And where'd he go? Calgary. 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 Calgary? Oh, he going to do great in Calgary. Uh, Playing for Daryl Sutter. Oh yeah. oh yeah. He's, he's a Daryl Sutter type player. Uh, but I think, Losing Kadri is going to be a huge hit. I mean, the points production was phenomenal. And he, like you said, he got under player skins. But it, he's, rep, he's as replaceable. He's, he's not Nathan McKinnon. He's irreplaceable. You could find another Nazim Kadri in my eyes. I think you could find another player who can have his skill set. Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's not like,
0: unheard of. Like, like I said, I, I think Alex
2: Newhook is is the guy who's going to step up to replace him. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, there's there's one Nazem Kadri. Yes. And so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but, you know, going right back to what we were saying, I uh, I guess I would say that they're the favorite to win the division,
0: but not by a lot. I think it's going to you're going to see Colorado. I think you're going to see Colorado pump out 106 points win the division with St. Louis with 102 points.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could very well be that close. I think, obviously, it's. I think it's going to be. Excuse me, Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnesota in those top three spots. The days of the Central Division taking both of the wild card spots are over.
0: No, they might get happen. one of them
2: in Nashville.
0: But, that's
2: going to be a. Uh, that's going to be. But Nashville, if, who knows iffy. with them? You know. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's they. It's, <laughs> They seem to do things with smoke and mirrors, so... It, it's,
0: it's literally Roman Yossi and Yossi Soros, and that's, yeah. you know... Like, Matt Duchesne will pot a few. They have that new kid on their team, uh, Tanner Janot, who I think yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. But he's still... This is his second year him. in the league, so, yeah, like... Yeah, Forsberg, they did resign him, so...
2: The only problem with Forsberg
0: is, is can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? So... I think, and this is the the central division for me, it's going to be Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, and that's it in the playoffs. I think you're going to see the Pacific really show up this year. I think you're going to see the Pacific with um, – I think you're going to see a bounce back here from Vegas, um, Edmonton, Calgary, and the Kings. Well, don't forget Vancouver. Vancouver is actually doing quite a bit too. I don't – I really don't – had much anticipation from them because they 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 we see this every year from Vancouver. It's oh they've improved a lot. Oh they've improved a lot. They've improved in this, but position. it's so they've fun in this position. And then they fail every year. <laughs> uh, we're right, gonna see right. that we're gonna see the Pacific shoot right up. I think I think Pacific. You're gonna see Edmonton win the division, Calgary in the second, Vegas in the third, Los Angeles taking a wild card spot, and. If you really want to be get wild, we could toss Vancouver in the other wild card spot.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, the wild cards are going to be up for grabs. There's no doubt about it. At least I'll one of you. them. I'll tell you, that battle of Alberta is going to be phenomenal this year because Calgary is going to have such a chip on their shoulder from last year.
0: Well, I mean, the, the chip is gone. They traded him away.
2: Yeah, but still, I mean, as I a mean, team, they you, know. Qadri. They you got
0: Kadri. You got Kadri. You got Jonathan Huberdo. You got Mackenzie Wieger. Honestly, I think they're better this year than they were last year. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I don't. I think they're, they, they, they're one of the teams that stayed even. They changed some pieces. Goudreau gone, so they bring in Huberto. Um, you got um, Kachuk gone, so they bring in Kadri, And then Weger's really just that intangible that really amplifies it a little bit more. I think they stayed a little even, but I think that they're, they're going to be a solid team.
2: Yeah, Definitely. It's uh, it all
0: to me. It all depends on can Jacob Markstrom stay healthy.
2: Yeah, yeah, Markstrom. Yeah, Markstrom is the key there. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He's he's that X factor for him. Yeah, for sure.
2: All right. Well, hey, listen. This has been a lot of fun. I'm so glad to be back. Oh yeah, no, it's great. This is great uh, to have a voice again. I know. I know. Right. And, uh, you know, I know this is a sports history network, but I think uh, we're going to have to do, make an instant history show. we we'll have to do uh, an NHL
0: preview show very soon. Um, yeah, no. Uh, honestly, what the, the season starts in, what, 14 days? Well, actually, it starts technically next week because the league threw a
2: curveball at everybody with the overseas games. Oh, between the, the Predators right. and the Sharks.
0: That's right. So,
2: for everybody else, the, the season starts on October 11th. But, you know, then they, and it screws everything up fantasy hockey wise too, because uh, don't even get me started on that.
0: I see. That's why I just don't do fantasy hockey. (laughs) I can't, I I get too competitive. (laughs) I'll stick with fantasy football. I lose my 10 bucks every week.
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all the time we got for today. Ed, again, it has been so much fun. And um, we're going to do an NHL preview show, but we'll have to come up with another best of the best soon.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, all right. So, for Ed Stiphanic, I'm Scott Kindle. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Party's elite